behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. It is that time. Good morning, everybody. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, with me today. Charlie Grimes, your engineer. And, of course, Larry Unger answering phones. Thanks for filling in, by the way. You bet. I hope you had a good time. I did, and it was very nice after uh, all of the, how do I want to say that, just all all of the things going on with, you know, my brother and the travel and the back and the forth and just all of the things going on there mentally. I Yeah, I needed needed a break. I needed the break. It was Two-week break, too. It was very nice. That's nice. I I very (laughs) much enjoyed it, so thank you. Yeah, I was traveling back uh, last Saturday, so I just barely... I didn't get in until about 1 o'clock last Saturday, so I missed everything, but got to hear some of it on Tuesday, yeah. so it was nice. Yeah, it's so, good. Appreciate it's you good guys. for you to take off and, oh, and get away, guys. and you probably couldn't do that when you owned your business. Uh, you know, I did some. some you know, two weeks? Probably not. Not, not two weeks, but, no. you know. Yeah, because I remember I used to take quick five days here, three days here. But Towards the end, I would do two. Yeah. yeah. I, I did. had things to the point where I could do that. Yeah, I did too, but I was still nervous with it and didn't relax so much. No? No. Uh, I, I relax. I don't have any issues yeah. that way. Yeah. I, I would turn off my phone, but I still... That I don't do. Yeah, I, I probably I, need to learn how to do that, but I've still got enough yeah. irons in the fire that I can't do that. Yeah. I've got stuff. I know. I've got stuff, I, you know, kids and all that kind of stuff still and all that. So, yeah. And every know. time I go away, there's phone calls. Of course. Yeah. All right. So here's what we've got going on today. Uh, Dennis and I will, will give you a great show. If there's anything you want to know, please call in, 303-477-5600. Any suggestions, any questions, any topic at all, we'll cover it. Dave Hart was going to be with us this morning from Roofmax, but there was some hail out, e- out, e- can't talk, out east, out east yeah. last night. So we've actually got somebody, Mark, out in Wiggins, who had Dave treat his roof. Dave is actually running out there to see how it fared after being treated and that there was one-inch hail out there yesterday. So Dave's on his way out there. He'll most likely be able to call in before the end of the show and let us know how things fared. My gut feeling is Mark's going to be in good shape because I know what that treatment does. This will be a great testimonial to what Dave does for you or what Dave can do for your roof. Now, the other things we have learned and Dave will talk about is – uh, the insurance companies now, with all of the different things we've had going on, from the national—why nat, nat, can't I talk this morning? I don't know. Natural get, disasters. You you did a whole week of it. I know. So. I, can, well, I can't talk this morning. <laughs> yeah. Natural disasters. So with all of that that's gone on, they are now starting to look at things a little differently. If your roof is 10 years or older, they are basically acknowledging that they don't think the shingles will last that much longer either. So what, wow. they're, what they're really trying to, to say is that— uh, uh, you know, they understand where these things are at, what's going on. They're starting to reduce coverages on roofs that are 10 years and old or older because of what we're talking about. So there's a lot of things going on. And I guess what, I really, what I'm really getting at here is if you're somebody that just thinks, oh, if my roof goes bad, I'll just get it replaced under insurance. Uh, I think that's really unwise of you to do so. Yeah. I really do. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have coverage, but what I'm saying there is I think you really need to be talking to your agent, make sure that you've got the proper coverage, how are they going to handle things, what is your true deductible, so right. on and so forth. Yeah. Okay? Because there's, there's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to, to that and things. So we'll get, we'll get an update from Dave as we go on through the show today. Joe, those calling in from Jersey. How you doing, Joe? 
I'm doing good. How you doing, John? You got enough gas on hand, Joe? <laughs> I do, actually. Okay. You know, I feel filled up and didn't have to go anywhere. But I, no, I was going to get some more, but I ran out of plastic bags. So oh, doggone yeah. it. Anyways, get the Tupperware out there. I, I saw one picture. It was a lady pouring it in a, a tub, a plastic I, tub. I know. A, a Tupperware tub yeah, with yeah. a clip-on lid. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah that's I, safe. That's really going to do the job. Yeah, I asked John what the appropriate fill level was for that uh, Tupperware laundry tub. Well, need some headspace. That's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to be able to let it slosh. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to talk about uh, or make some suggestions in terms of uh, now's the time to uh, maybe look at your barbecue and fix it up. Yeah, move. good one. So I had a, I had a uh, actually a seven burner barbecue. I had five main burners and two side, you know, time right. two side warmers, and. Um, it was about four or five years old, and I, and, and I knew that some of the internal components, like the, the igniters typically on those things, you have one igniter that will uh, light two different burners, and what it does, it has like a little T. Right. It's got a little channel, yeah. Yeah. That's got, and then it's got a little tube to the left and a little tube to the right, and when you turn on the burners, the gas flows into that tube and back to the spark igniter. But I had two of those from the heat had actually just kind of completely burnt away. There was nothing left of the, uh, the, the, of the T-channel that was supposed to funnel the gas. Mm. Um, so I was able to buy, you know, there's places online, just look up, you know, barbecue parts. I was able right. to buy two exact igniter things. They were like 12, 13 bucks a piece. I replaced the two igniters, uh, with new ones. And while I was at it, there's all sorts of other things you can do. You can buy any part inside your bar- barbecue you can buy. You need a new burner, you need a burner cover, um, you want to pull the racks out. I find wire brushing the racks, you know, heating them up uh, till they're hard, and then uh, taking a drill and a wire brush, you know, is better than mm-hmm. trying to soak them. Soak them never works. And also over the you know, years, you know real quick, to a trick on that too that a lot of folks don't know is uh, beginning of the year especially is take your aluminum foil, take the heavy thick stuff by the way, not the thin stuff, but the heavier stuff that you can get it. You know, the, the big wide stuff is what I'm getting at. And put the shiny side down, Joe, and then light everything up and leave and close the lid. And what that will do is deflect all of that heat back down and really get that stuff cooked and, and flaked off really nice that way as well. There you go. Yeah, and then it, when it cools, take it out, you know, put, yep. put it on a piece of newspaper cardboard in your driveway, take a drill to it. Yep. And just take your wire brush in the end of a drill and get them all nice and shiny uh, so you can replace them. Also, the, the cabinet itself was kind of, I had like dark gray doors and kind of a, a light, like primer gray uh, chassis to it. Mm-hmm. I just got some gray Rust-Oleum primer, put some blue painter's tape on it, uh, and just paint it. It looks it looks brand new. So, uh, you know, you can if you're going to pick your barbecue now, you can do it. You can buy the parts. It's not that tough to do. It's not a barbecue. It's not that complicated. Uh, so igniters, you know, burners a little paint on the chassis, clean uh, clean off your grills, and we'll be good. Yeah, you can good. get those things up to. You know, really up to speed, looking good, and avoid spending. I mean, a decent, a decent gas barbecue. You know, I've been looking here lately, Joe, for uh, my place up in the mountains, and uh, you know, a decent, you know, even a even a low end decent gas barbecue is five hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, the ones I was looking at that were close to mine, they were nine hundred and ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking just kind of the basic low low end unit. You know, yeah. they're five hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, yeah. fix up what you've got. Yeah. Yeah, a, a four burner with no side warmers is is five or six. That's right. Bucks. Now, That's right. If you want to wait till September, you can probably get it for two fifty. Probably, but, yeah, probably. But right, but right now it's just amazing, and I because I think of what I paid to to move that thing from 
uh, Colorado to New Jersey probably cost me 150 bucks in uh, transportation fees because of the cubic footage. But hell, it's 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 an $1,100 barbecue, and I made it look like new for about 50 bucks. 50 nice. Bucks and, and 40 you know, the other thing too is that you know while you're at that, and we should mention. Uh, they make a specific high-heat barbecue paint where if you've got a painted yep. one and you want to do a little bit of dress-up that way, you can as well. I did that to my—I rebuilt my whole smoker uh, last fall. You know, I don't know why I did it then versus now. I guess just because I did. I don't know. I had time, and I did it then, so it's all ready to go now. Uh, but, yeah, you, you can actually buy the—and it's not the same—for all of you listening, too, it's not the same as, like, the high-temp exhaust paint you get at Napa and places like that. That stuff kind of works— the problem is the sheen isn't quite the same. No. The actual high heat barbecue paint is what you want to use. Yeah. And you can use heat paint from like for stoves. Right. For painting their yep. uh, stove pipes. Right. That's it. Yep. And you can get that and any any Home Depot or Lowe's has that. Uh, you know, it's, it'll right it'll be near the uh, the you know, the spray cans of primer, but it's 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 high heat barbecue paint. So, yeah. And and that's worth having for and, and that's something just worth having to touch up as needed. Yep. So anyway, so now's the time to think about doing it, you know, because it's gonna—it might take you a week, ten days to get the parts you need, but there's virtually nothing inside your barbecue. You know, the other thing too, Joe, while you mentioned that, that I was just thought of that we ought to be checking as well that folks tend to neglect is make sure that your propane hose and all of that is in great shape too, that it's not all cracked and weathered, and because they get that way over time, and that's another thing you could order while you're doing the other things you're mentioning. That's something else you'd want to double check and make sure that it's up to speed as well. Right. Oh, and one more tip for people who think they've they've got a bad regulator. I can't tell you how many people I've seen. Um, regulators have a overflow safety, uh, and a mistake some people will make is that they will turn like all four burners full on, and then they'll open the gas valve on the on the jug, and guess what? They get this little tiny barely lit, and they think they've got a bad regulator, and they go out and they spend the time and the money and the effort. To replace the regulator. Well, what all they've done is there's an overflow safety right. built into those regulators. Um, so the sequence is you turn the jug on first, and then you open your burners. Right. You know, one at one a time. At a time. Well, light one, and then turn the others on. Yeah, light one, then turn the others on. Right. But do not. Some people, uh, for instance, I've got a, a brother-in-law. He would he'd have all four burners lit. And he turned the barbecue up by reaching down and turning the handle on the jug, and he would leave all four burners lit. Well, then to turn it on, he turned the jug handle on, and the thing went into a safety right. mode. Right, and, and he thought he had a bad regulator, and I said, no, you don't have a bad regulator. You just trip the, the overflow in your regulator, shut everything off, and let's start over, and it worked just fine. So, yeah. again... Don't start. You don't open your jug with the burner valves open because you you won't get a, you won't get the flame you're looking for. Yeah, good, well said. Yeah, and and please everybody when you're lighting those, especially for some of those maybe that haven't done this before, lid open when you're lighting. <laughs> yeah, lid open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. tell you how many people Joe I've seen light one with it lit and wonder why the lid blows up after they're you yeah. know when the thing fills <laughs> up and they finally get it to light. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the lid jumps up eight inches in the air. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've v- witnessed that myself. It's like, no, you don't do it that way, folks. Leave that well ventilated, lid open, light one. You know, light that burner. And usually, uh, all the modern barbecues now, Joe, tell you which one to light. That's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's why. And, and on mine, by the way, I typically because it was such a big barbecue when I was just cooking for my wife and myself, I would typically only use the two right burners. Right. And that's where I uh, eroded out yep. those. Yep, uh, that makes sense. Yes, those, yes. Because the, the, the uh, spark igniter uh, uh, devices, or the, I don't know what you want to call Piezo them. Piezo lighter. 
Yeah. You know, on the left side, they were fine. You know, they were like brand right. new. Some of them were still shiny metal because they rarely got lit. But the ones right. that I used all the time had just got eaten away from the heat. Yep. So. No, good tips. These are great. Yeah, well done. All right, guys. Joe, thanks so much. As always, I appreciate it, sir. Keep listening. Anything else uh, you know, you want to chime in on and we get to a different topic, feel free to do so. Eric, what's going on, sir? Hey, guys. So kind of a funny topic, actually. Every couple of years I have to rebuild my grill. And the only reason I say that is about 2004, the wife, 2003, 2004, the wife and I were at Lowe's and walking through there, and I see this barbecue, six burners with a side burner, huge cabinet, all of completely stainless steel. My wife just looked at me and said, don't you dare. <laughs> it came home in a crate. Nice. Literally. Yeah. It wouldn't even fit in the back of my pickup. I actually had to come home, get my trailer, go back up there. They put it on there with a forklift, and I strapped it down and brought it home. And then I had to convince five friends to come help me unload yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the assembly portion was bolt. One side was to bolt the two little side extensions on. That was the whole assembly to it. Because it, you know, it, it was, it was assembled, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It, it came in a in, in a crate. Nice. And so every couple of years, you know, every spring I get out my uh, uh, metal cleaner and you know I spray the whole cabinet down and rinse it off. In fact, the one year I went and polished it, my wife looked at me and she said, "Did what?" And I said, "Well, it's stainless. It's got to look good." Yeah, nice. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing though. Don't polish stainless steel on a barbecue on the lid. No. Because when it heats up, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it creates noxious, noxious fumes yeah. even outdoors. Yeah, um, and you know, and then I have to clean the whole interior. And yeah, those the burners inside and the burner tents after a couple of years just rotted away. Yeah. And but here's the thing: to, here's a warning for people: is just because a grill says it's made by somebody, that's not actually who it's made by, and that's probably not who the parts are. Mate, that's a, that's true in yeah. a lot of cases. And and by the way, folks listening, and you all know this, there's a huge difference between uh, the low end grills versus the high end and even super high end. And and you know, it comes down to thickness of the stainless inside, how the burners are made, you know, the structure itself. And do you get what you pay for? Yeah, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, yes, you do. To your point, Eric, some especially some of the lower end grills, just because that name's on the front doesn't mean that's who made it. Right. Well, well even this one here. So on the the, the, the thing on it, the, the badge on it, whatever, it says Gen Air. But yeah, they're it's not made by Gen Air. Yeah, they're not it's making their own. It's actually made by L. Yeah, it's made by LG. Right. And then it's actually, and then it's actually, it, it's made of by a subsidiary of LG. So when I would go for parts, yeah. I had to. It, it took me a year and a half to find um, the manual online because I, you know, I'm a guy. I threw the owner's manual away after a year. You know, right. what I need it for. Right. And I had to find it in order to order parts. And, uh, you know, the, there's a company here in town that carries all that stuff. But when I went to them, the guy says, well, you don't have a Gen Air. You have this. It's a subsidiary of LG. And I'm like, okay. And, yeah, they had to dig and dig and dig for parts. But, uh, yeah, my wife has told me the Skrill has a lifetime commitment. Just because it's so big and it can't. I mean, if we had to, if I if I were to sell my house and move, I'd have to sell the grill either with the house or bring in a crane yeah. to get it out of the backyard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I hear that. No, yeah. my, my smoker is like that. It's a, it's a, it's a. Let's just say that I can't put mine in the back of a pickup truck. Let's just say that. 
<laughs> you know, and, and we go to the, when we go to the home show or something like that, or we'll go to go to you know Home Depot or Lowe's. I'll always go and look at barbecues, and my wife's like, and my wife will just come over and she's like, "Yeah, let's discuss the one you have at home that I want to see you get out of there to replace." Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like, sorry, dear. That's good. That's good. Good story. Eric, I got to run. Take a break. Thanks so much. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Dave from RoofMax will join us in a minute. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789 and ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom. But right now, your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. All right, we're back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Real quick before I get Dave on. Uh, today is Police Officer Memorial Day. You'll see a lot of the flags at half staff. That's why. And uh, yeah, it's to honor uh, our folks that are, you know, men and women that are in blue that, you know, go out and risk their lives on a daily basis to keep us safe. And we never want to defund them. Nope, never. Yes. I have my own theory on all that. That's for the weekday show. Is it? Yeah. I'll have to tune in. Yeah. It's a what week, day? Week, well, <laughs> I, well, ongoing. <laughs> ongoing. All right. Dave from Roofmax. What's going on, sir? Hey, good morning, John. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How's things out east? Good, good. Uh, you know, I pulled, came out here, and first of all, I want to say a, a huge thank you to Mark, who uh, uh, kept me informed, let me know what's going on. And great listener, here. by the way. He, he's just been a solid yeah, guy yeah. all through the years and real good supporter, and I appreciate Mark as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah, great guy. Um, so, yeah, thank you to him very, very much. But I did get out here, jumped on the roof real fast. And as I pulled in the neighborhood, I was, I was telling Mark as well, but there were a uh, couple individuals in the neighborhood uh, outside looking at the cars. So, when you do that, you know the hill is a decent size. And uh, he, well, he measured the it. They were inch last night. That's a pretty good size. Yeah, yeah, yeah inch, inch and a half. Yeah, and he said it lasted about three minutes. So that's a, that's a decent little storm. Yes, and, it is. Um, definitely enough to uh, to damage some shingles. And uh, but I'm happy to report he had no damage. Awesome. Uh, awesome. At all. In fact, uh, very, very, very little. You know, when I get done treating the roof, I think we did his roof about a month or so ago. Sounds about right. Weeks. Yeah. And uh, I just had almost almost no granules in the gutters e- either. So it's oh, that's just, even better. Nice. Roof max did his job to keep the granules on. Okay, so Dave, for everybody listening, Dave, let's let's uh, explain uh, real quick how that you know how that works and why that's the case. I mean, I've done a little bit of that during the the weekday show, but explain to folks why sure. after you treat the shingles, they're more. I don't want to say they're hail proof because no, there's no such thing, but it's more hail resistant is probably the better way to say that. You know, there's several ways to look at it. If you if you go to what we call or what's what is called the Hag Institute, they they measure a lot of uh, storm related type stuff, and they they're the ones that kind of define the uh, the the definition of hail damage, if you will. Um, two things go on: one, it's so big that it actually bruises the fibers, the fiberglass in the shingle, okay. or it's not big enough where it just knocks granules off. They consider that hail damage. Um, so, by the asphalt in the shingle is what keeps it, it, it provides you your, your weather protection, moisture protection for one, um, but also keeps it moist to accept uh, blunt force, if you will, to a certain size. Obviously, you know, baseball hits it; it's going <laughs> to sure. going to get damaged. Anything will. Sure. Um, but that asphalt being moist and, and and holding up like it's supposed to actually keeps the granules on the shingles. Um, so, so more of a trampoline yeah. effect, I'm guessing, if you would. Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah. Where you've got a little bit more of a of a spring or a bounce to the shingle yeah. than you would otherwise. It, on top of that, it, it, it not only just the bounce, but it, but it, the as, asphalt in its intended condition uh, basically acts like a glue. It keeps the granules on the asphalt okay. itself. Okay. So when when they when a hailstone hits it, for example, it's not knocking that granules loose. So a lot of times, when looking for hail damage, we look to see uh, very rarely do we look to see the condition of the shingle. We look look to see if the hail actually knocks granules off. Uh, it creates a certain shape, if you will, okay. when it does that. Um, so by keeping the asphalt moist uh, in, 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 in an adhesive-type condition, uh, those granules don't come off. So like I said, as, as I was looking at Mark's roof, um, very, 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 very little granule loss. Um, nice. I mean, not even have to really take a picture of. Nice. In the, in the gutters after a, after a three-minute storm. So it, it, it did its job. I'm, I'm very happy with that. That is awesome. That's a great testament of what uh, you guys are doing and how that works. The other thing I know we were going to talk a little bit about today too, Dave, is just the, uh-huh. the difference in how things are working on the insurance side. And, and I think a lot of folks have a a false sense of security, if you would, or, or misconception of what's going to happen in an insurance claim if something does get damaged. Talk about that for a few minutes, some of the things you've learned here even recently. Yeah, so some of the changes in the insurance industry, and, and back when I had my uh, my best friend and I had our own roofing company, we saw the changes start to happen back in 2009 and 10. Um, just what the insurance companies are looking to cover and, and try to call uh, damage and not damage, what have you. Like we can go into a whole different segment on that. Um, but some of the changes that are happening because of the, the cost of roofs, even before uh, this last year, uh, they're not wanting to pay out as much. So they're starting to raise your deductibles. Um, they're starting to raise 
the or minimum uh, reduce the age of the shingle that they're willing to pay for. So by uh, what they're starting to do is, and I think we talked about it once before, is the insurance companies are saying, okay, if your roof is 10 years old or older, we're only going to pay out a certain portion, which is called the ACV, actual cash value. So by the time you take your actual cash value of a 10-year-old roof, they depreciate it on an average of 50%, plus or minus one way or the other. Okay. Um, and then you take out your deductible. In a lot of cases with deductibles going up, nowadays you're, you're not going to get a dime, if maybe a dime, to replace a ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar roof, and so on top of that, last year's roof would cost on an average of twelve thousand dollars on an average size roof. Uh, with our increases now, we're looking at being between fifteen to eighteen thousand hmm. um, dollars, and so they're they're going to be more incentivized to not even pay out. So they might start going to, um, well, if the, if the shingle is just missing granules when the hail hits, uh, then we're not going to pay out at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think, it, and I don't want to create fear. It's just stuff that we've seen over the years, even in a storm, a widespread storm, they start getting a little uh, tight-fingered and um, mm-hmm. wait for people to start complaining and, and mm-hmm. make all kinds of threats to get the roof covered. So, I mean, it's it's out there. It's what's happening. Um, and that's just it in a nutshell. But it's, it's so important, I think, uh, as, as you talk a lot about maintenance and preventative maintenance, especially on right. – uh, drive it radio, uh, just keeping your roof in good shape. You know, the, the, yep. the treatment is, is cheaper than most people's deductibles now. And if you can survive a hailstorm uh, and not have that mentality of just relying on the insurance company to come out uh, to tell you what you can or can't do. Um, and well, one thing I want to add to that too as well, Dave, is and you bring up a great point, is right now, especially given the circumstances of where we are with supply and demand, and, and, and you know, we already know it's hit the the construction industry hard, uh, whether that be, you know, uh, siding, whether that be plywood, whether it be two by fours, even the mm-hmm. same thing on all of that now. And you, you, you're the one that made me aware of this. The same thing on all of that is happening on the shingle side of the fence as well. So, uh, you may Absolutely. find yourself in a predicament where you can't even get the right materials and the things that you want to get your roof back to the way it was after, right. you know, a claim has happened. So I, the point being, anything you can do right now to save that is what we should be doing. Yeah, and also yep. the insurance companies, that's where they lose, that's one of their most expensive parts to a home is yep. the, the roof. Right, and they yep. know that. Yeah, and that's where they're trying to do yep. is that's minimize right. that expense going out. That's right. Well, and by them, by them saying, hey, if your roof is 10 years old or older, we're only going to pay out so much, they're acknowledging what's going on with the manufacturing that's right. of the shingles. That's right. Yeah. Think, yeah, they're not dumb. It, they know that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're looking at keeping money in their pocket, which I mean, that's what businesses do. That's right. Uh, but then on the manufacturing side, what started all this and where RoofMax really got its start was when they started re, uh, they redid the refining process of the asphalt that goes into the shingles eighteen to twenty years ago, right. making them less asphalt, adding fillers to them, so therefore they wear out much faster now. Right. Um, and I I anticipate I, I don't have proof of it, but I I expect to see. The shingles getting made even cheaper. I, I think you're uh, right. Sure, yeah. common sense yeah. tells you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, so, so Dave, you know you'll do a free roof inspection. You'll get things yeah. handled. Let somebody know exactly what they need to do. How do they get a hold of you? Three zero three seven one zero six nine one six. Or obviously, you can go on your website, click on the there you go. Roofmax logo, and go straight to me as well. So, where are you out east? Uh, I'm at Wiggins currently. Oh, Wiggins. Oh, okay. Yeah. You need to go see Dennis's place. Is what yeah. he's getting at. I'm going to be calling you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let me know. Be happy. Okay. Yeah. I'll call you I'll Monday. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Get you guys Perfect. together. Dave, as always, it's a joy having you, and appreciate all you're doing, and that's a great testament to what you guys have going on, too. I really appreciate yeah. it, sir. Thank you for all your awesome listeners. I really enjoy you. Uh, They're good people. Yep. Good yeah. stuff. Dave, thanks, man, as always. Thank I appreciate you. it.
All right, Bill and Lakewood, John and Inglewood, hang tight. We'll come back get on get back on our gas grill topic. So don't go anywhere. Fix It Radio, KLZ five sixty. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it with RoofMax. The cost of asphalt roofing products has already gone up 20% and will likely go up another 20 to 25% this summer. To make matters worse, it's getting harder to find quality contractors, which means the cost of labor has gone up recently. As roof replacements become more and more expensive, roofing companies will start passing along that cost to their customers. Roof rejuvenation with RoofMax could save you up to 85% by adding years of performance to your asphalt roofing. Just one application of their all-natural bio-oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, RoofMax could help your roof last up to 15 years longer. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Larry Inger answering phones, of course, and Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Bill in Lakewood, you're next, sir. Hey, I'll give you a tip, and then I'll give you a suggestion. Let's hear it. Okay, Weber used to recommend. They don't anymore, I don't think. What I do with my grill is is I take some foil, and I put it on top of the the grill, Mm -hmm. and I turn it on high. Right. Gets rid of all the crud underneath that way. Yeah, John mentioned that earlier. Yeah, it works very well. Weber used to suggest that, but they don't. They don't anymore. I don't know why they don't suggest that. It's because it still works, Bill. It's a great way of really getting that. And I used to do it. You know, every other. You know, every other. I don't have a gas grill anymore, but when I did, I used to do that about every other cook. It just gets everything really cleaned up nice. 
it's just hard on the grill. They, I used to get the same woman when I'd call up Weber. Mm-hmm. He'd tell me, you can't do that. You can't. And I've been doing it for 20 oh, years. I did it forever. It didn't, it didn't hurt anything. He told her, it's my grill. I mean, you're not leaving it on there forever. You're just leaving it on there long enough to get some of that you know, stuff that would normally get caked on. You're just, you're just really getting that cleaned up. And again, if you do it about every other cook, it's, you're not having to do it for very long. Anyway, but I told her, it's my grill. I'll do what I want with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and she'd recognize my voice, and she goes, oh, yeah, it's you, huh? It's you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I do for your cabin, because I think I'm going to get one myself, is get a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire? I don't know that brand. A Solaire infrared. It's a. It's been around for a long time for the infrareds. And this one I'm looking at on Amazon, it's a tabletop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bucks. And it uses those little propane bottles, not the... Uh-huh, I see that. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. The cabin, you could throw it in your trunk or leave it up there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea at all, Bill. No, thanks for the tip. I appreciate that. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. No, thanks very much. I appreciate that very much. Great, great idea. John and Inglewood, you are next, sir. Hey, good show, guys. Hey, uh, I, I don't have any interest in this company or whatever, but you guys are talking about Home, uh, home Depot and Lowe's and how big the gas grills are and yes. how heavy they are, and they need some help. Well, Ace Hardware has this deal where uh, if you buy a gas grill that's $399 and up or maybe like a big green egg or something like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. they they will deliver it for free. They will assemble it for free, and they will throw in a 20-pound propane tank of, of gas. Really? Yeah, Ace Hardware is doing that because they're trying to compete against the sure, big boys. Sure, no, sure. And I love Ace Hardware, by the way. So, no, that, that's, yeah. that's a great plug. I don't, I don't mind you doing that at all, John. That's perfect. Yeah, so the first old guys that only have one person that can help us, you know, Right. Up a gas you know, and that you know, and, and, and John, that's not even just for you know older people. That's just, I mean, in general, if you're if you're by yourself and you don't have anybody else around to help you get you know get something unloaded, and some of these things are heavy enough that even you know you and your spouse aren't going to be able to to do it. So right. no, that's a, that's a great thought. And they carry Weber's. Yeah, yeah they carry every, and they do a lot of stuff. They carry the the, the smokers, the Traeger. I mean, they'll they'll do the which we're going to get into in a moment as well. They carry everything. Well, let me ask you one last opinion on that. What about the big green egg? I sure see that advertised, and I have a friend that has one. Do you like those as smokers or not? It is. It's uh, it's its own. When you get into the smoking world, this is a great segue. We're going to talk about this anyways, John. So when you get into the smoking world, smoking becomes a lot like hot rods. What I mean by that is everybody's got their own little flavor and flair and what they like and what they want to do and how they want to cook the meat and so on. And I will tell you right now, every smoker has its pros and cons. What a big green egg will do is a little different than what a Traeger will do, which is a little different than what the next smoker in line will do, and, and you know what a regular stick smoker will do. And when you get into the smoking world, it becomes sort of this you know, boutique of smokers. It's so much different than the gas grill world where really as long as you've got a decent flame and some heat and it's even, you can throw anything on it and away you go. In the smoking world, you know, these guys are looking at doing different things with different cuts of meats. And in some cases, they're doing overnight cooks because of the type of meat they're trying to prepare. And and I'll tell you, John, it really comes down to what are you smoking? How do you like to do it? And which particular smoker do you want to use? They're all good. There's pros and cons to each. There's nothing wrong with the big green egg. It works fabulous. The biggest limitation it has is its size. Looks awkward. Yeah. Well, and it, well it, it, it's, it's just different. It just doesn't have a. It doesn't have a ton of cooking surface. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. I know there's knockoffs like Komodo or something, which is like the big and green egg. Correct. But it, I, it is a knockoff of a big green egg. Yeah, but this guy that I know, he buys the lowest cut of meat. I mean, he buys cheap meat, and he smokes it, and yes. you never know the difference. That, and that is the... That is the that's the benefit of smoking is you're able to really get your meat tenderized because it's a it's a it's a long process. I was telling Dennis at the break the thing about smoking versus you using a regular gas grill is this thing called patience. Because <laughs> when you're smoking meat, you have to be very patient. You can't hurry anything up. You can't vary your temperature to try to get things to cook faster. And, and it really becomes an art, if you would. It took me, and I'm not exaggerating, John, a year and a half to two years of owning a smoker to really understand, you know, what cut of meat do you do? How do you do it? Uh, there's a resting process depending upon the cut of meat you do at the end of the cook. Again, this is a very slow, patient process that, you know, if you're trying to cook for a a particular party or an event you're having, you need to really plan ahead and make sure you've got everything dialed in prior to, or you're going to find yourself behind the eight ball when you're trying to serve your guests. That's that's the downside. I shouldn't say downside. It's just one of the factors of smoking that if you don't do it a lot and you're not, in other words, there's a lot of folks I think out there running around looking at Costco, they buy a Traeger, they take it home, they expect to have the same results they get from a gas grill. It's not one and the same at all. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Not Can at I all. I mean, now, now I will tell you that if you're going to throw on some burgers and do some steaks or something like that, it's it's comparable to what you're doing with the gas grill. Still takes longer than what it normally would. But I will tell you this: I've owned a smoker now for probably seven or eight years. I got rid of my gas grill about a year after owning my sno- my smoker. I haven't had a gas grill since. I probably never will have another one at my main residence. And and because I do everything on the smoker, because I've learned how to do it, I'm patient. I know what to do on the front side. And the flavor and the way the meat turns out, John, especially if you buy your meat from Barber's Foods like I do, where you're getting a really good quality cut of meat to begin with, you put it on the smoker, you'll, you'll never own a gas grill after that. Wow. Well, let me ask one more real quick question. How are you doing on rebuilding your place up in the mountains? Uh, just starting the process now. Uh, I'm still, I got one last, uh, I'm still trying to get my personal property uh, end of things handled with the insurance company. So that just tells you that with the insurance side of the fence, folks, and I do have a public adjuster working on my behalf, but that's just how long they're dragging their feet. I've got my main structure uh, reimbursed for it, but I'm still working on the ancillary things. My outer structures and my personal property I've not gotten reimbursed yet. Well, maybe what you ought to do on this show, the fix-up show, it's a good show, is do an online progress on it, which is good for the listeners. Oh, I can do that. That's a great it. idea. I'm, unfortunate situation like what you had to go through but talk about the process of going through this so the average joe would know what to do if that ever happened to them that's a, no that's a great idea yeah. and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be a, i'll be honest i was waiting till spring to really kind of see how things were going to come back what was the vegetation going to look like you know how many of my trees are going to survive or not survive and i really john was kind of basing everything on that as to how and what i rebuild because you know, let's face it, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to have a nice home in the middle of a burn area if it's all going to look like that for years. I could sit on it for a while and do something different and then come back and rebuild once the vegetation comes back. But the plus side is things are coming back very nicely up there. Uh, you know, a lot of the animals already moved back in, the moose, the elk, and so on. So that part of it is, is really nice. I just now have to get with my builder and determine what am I going to do next as far as getting it rebuilt. Okay. Well, good. One last question. I promise. Yes. No, you're fine. Go right ahead. This is all good. These are all great comments. Don't yeah, go right ahead. Are. You're fine. Okay. Uh, on the car show next hour, uh, are you guys going to go out on the road now since they've list, 
lifted the mask mandate? I've already got two events that we've got planned, one in July, one in September, both of those with group insurance analysts. GIA has got a couple of, uh, of, of car shows that they're involved in they're going to have us at. I have nobody else that's asked yet, John, but you know, I will do whatever people want us to go out and do, and all they have to do is contact me, and we'll figure that out. But yes, we will. Yeah, and we did last and year. We, anyway. yeah, I did, yeah, I didn't avoid it last year. I just no, did whatever was going on. I know I did two with you. Yeah, we, so yeah. we're still doing the two we did last year, and I'll do as many others as folks want us out to be at. Yeah. Okay, good show. Glad to have you back. Thank you very much, John. I, I appreciate it. And and by the way, some some great tips on that. And I, I yeah, I like the fact of the the progress on you know my yeah, cabin and such. I'll, yeah, yeah I, can, I can get Ann to help me with that, and we can do some of that. And that would be awesome. It's amazing what fire does. In some response respects, you yes. know, as far as bringing the vegetation back, yeah, because sometimes that burn in, it needed to be done. Not all, not all a bad thing. It, it's no. just it will take, you know, depending upon the damage to, you know, certain trees and things like that. And there's some great guidelines, by the way, for those some of you that maybe have been in the burn areas, uh, whether that be up in the Granby area, up or in the Fort Collins, uh, you know, Estes Park area, depending on where you're at, there is some great resources from the. Uh, you know, Colorado State University yes. up there to where you can actually do some of the tree, I don't want to say this, uh, investigation on your own. There's some pamphlets, and it's all online, where you can actually look at the trees themselves. There's some procedures where you cut into the bark, and you look specifically at some of the things down low as to what kind of damage was there. And a lot of these trees where it looks like they may be really damaged down below where they're all black and nasty and such, uh, you know, those those may not come back. Some of the trees, though, that just have some upper end damage, believe it or not, according to these pamphlets, a lot of those may very well come back. So, again, if some of you have been in those burn areas, get that pamphlet, and there all the different species are listed where you can look at each one individually. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Each species handles fire, which I didn't fire know. Fire differently. Each one handles yeah. fire differently. It does, yeah. So depending upon the species of the tree, whether we're talking aspen or spruce or pine and even the different pine species, all of that comes into play as to how well they do in the fire. CSU is a great, uh, great, great resource. resource for us Fabulous. all. Fabulous. You know, and you can even buy trees from them. You can buy trees. You can get seedlings. Yeah. Uh, you can do your soil samples with them. Yeah. And, and I will say this. The plus side is a, a lot of the counties, and there's some federal funding that has come in to help you know, rebuild some of those areas. And there's a lot of advice and even some, some cheap seedlings and things like that where yeah. you can go in and do some different things along yeah. those lines. So check with your local county yeah. if you've been involved in any of those fires and find out what they can help you with. What our HOA does, we buy a whole bunch of trees. Uh, we bought, oh, I can't remember how many we bought now. But anyway, we gave three, everybody, while they lasted, we gave three trees, three little pine nice. seedlings to seedlings. everybody sure. who showed up who had paid their dues. Nice. And, and if they showed up, and while supplies lasted, we gave those out. And That's nice. Yeah. You know, to try to encourage people to plant trees. Which is, I love trees. Yes, they're good. I'm, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I'm not a tree hugger, but yeah. I love trees. Yep. And we just got... Um, and by the way, the, I'm, I'm going to rephrase it. I love the right tree... In the right location, yeah. planted correctly. So many people put the wrong tree in the wrong yeah. place, oh, yeah. and then they're mad at the tree on down the road, yeah. and it's not the tree's fault. You just didn't put it in the right place to begin. Yeah. People forget, even landscapers forget, that trees grow. Yeah. And depending upon the species you put in and how close you put it to the house, for example, the roots. how close oh, you put yeah. it to a fence or, yeah. or any other number of things, yeah. well, you know, then down the road, you know, 25, 30 years from now, as that tree starts to really mature out, they wonder why it's such a nuisance. Well, somebody didn't plan it right in the first right. place. Yeah. And see, we 
we got four apple trees given to us that are these they were down um santa fe past uh oh not santa fe i'm sorry two eight um 285 no oh never mind spear what would spear way down by parker uh, never mind i don't know but anyway we were on the south side over by chatfield almost and uh this this big old orchard was over there and they wiped it out to put houses in uh, okay and we got some of the trees from there this one lady went in there and took a bunch and she nice. says here i'm going to give you some trees so she nice. gave us four of these big apple trees that you know they're probably in pots, but they're three foot tall nice. right now, and we're going to be planting those. And nice. They're supposed to be big, really good apples. So, hey, and by the way, that's the time of the year now to start doing some of yeah. that. We we need to talk a little bit about that when we come back. Mother's Day, you know, is now over. Yes, right. we've had a little bit of a of a cool down. We're going to have a little cooler weather the beginning of the week. I do think it's though, great it's great time though. It's yeah, you're this safe is... now to get some things out, start doing some yeah. planting, get your pots ready, however you want to do some of those things. Uh, we'll talk about some of that as we come back as well. Any other questions you've got for us, though? we got one segment left. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. And those of you listening on Tuesday, we do appreciate that very much as well. You cannot call in on Tuesday, but thank you for listening. And anything you need, you can always send us a, an email or a text. The text line, 307 307 280 We're also now on Telegram. Just type in John Rush. I'm there as that individual, as my name. You can always go to Telegram, send us a message that way as well. Or, last but not least, just go to the website, fixitradio.com, and you can send a message directly off the website as well. We'll be right back. One more segment left here on Fix It Radio. This is KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom. 
But right now, your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. And we got one, one segment left. If you've got any questions for us at all, please give us a call, 303-477-5600. I do want to uh, real quick go back to our grill topic, which we got on today, which was fantastic, by the way. And, yeah, a lot of you will go into some of the big box stores, uh, whether it be Ace Hardware or, or uh, Costco and places like that, and you'll see the smokers, the Traegers, and yeah. so on. And a lot of you may have heard, you know, how great they work and so on. And, by the way, uh, they do. But one thing I think a lot of folks don't realize and or understand when they buy a smoker, and sometimes the sales guy will be there and he'll teach you all these things, but a lot of times there's no one there. You're just buying it and taking it home, and then you're you know doing whatever you need to do. There's a lot more maintenance that's involved when it comes to a smoker, a pellet smoker, uh, or, you know, of course, a stick smoker is a whole other world. Most of you that are in that world know all about that. But if you buy a pellet smoker, there's things that have to be done to it that you don't do on any of the other gas grills. There's ash, for example. So when you're cooking wood, a pellet grill is little pellets of wood. Right. You're cooking that, you're heating that, burning the wood, if you would, in the pellet form. And it leaves behind, of course, ash. That's what happens. And Ash has to go somewhere. You, yeah. The, you, some, of the, some of the smokers have the ability to clean that out really well. Others, you have to take the grates out, take some of the covers off, get a shop vac out. You know, suck all of those ashes and things out periodically. It depends on the type of a smoker you have, how big it is, how often you cook, and so on. But you'll find yourself typically, uh, again, it depends on the brand and, and you know, what, what you've got and so on. But, you know, typically probably, in, in, in my case, I've got a different brand. I have to clean mine out after about the every, every third or fourth cook. A Traeger, you could probably double that because of the way it's made. But you're going to find yourself having to clean those out. And A, you get a better cook, you get a better flame, you don't have as much ash, and you get a better, I think you get a longer-lasting smoker when you do things like that. If you just continue to cook and cook and cook and don't do any clean-out necessary, you're going to find yourself with a smoker that just doesn't work as efficiently as it should be. But a lot of folks don't know those things. They just buy the smoker because they've heard, hey, the meat tastes better, or there's, you know, you pass by the sales guy and he's selling you on it and all that. Yeah. And, that, and I, by the way, there's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not saying that's yeah. a bad thing. There's just more maintenance that's due on a smoker. And on top of that, as, as I said earlier, there is an art form to smoking, and it takes time to learn it and do it and have it all work properly and get the meat to taste right. It's, right. it's a hobby is what it ends up becoming. Yeah. It really does become a hobby. And I'm not saying that in a, in a negative way at all. I enjoy it. I have a good yeah. time doing it. It's sort of a, a therapeutic thing for me, if you would. But not everybody gets into it. And if you're not really into it, you're going to find yourself frustrated. About anything we use anymore takes maintenance. True. You know, I mean, it always has and True. it always will. True. And, and the better you maintenance your device the better it'll do. The item you own? I mean, wood, wood, we have a wood pellet stove. Same thing. Right? And we clean it. I clean it once a week. And I know people say, why do you clean it once a week? Because it works better. Right. And I get better flames. I, everything just works so much better Correct. if you clean it. Correct. Well, and, and I have a, a Yoder smoker as the brand that I have. And I did some upgrade. Like I said, I did a rebuild on it this last year. Not because I had to, but I wanted to go to the wireless controller and do some upgrades and things that they... They had, and what I noticed is when I went to the place that it's here in town, I went to the place to, to actually do some of the upgrades and get some of the parts for it. I noticed there's all sorts of little accessories now that are made for 
my smoker and to make cleaning it easier, by the way. And what I found, though, is the way I've always done it, I think the person that I bought it from initially just gave me some really great tips on how often I should clean it and what I should be doing and so on. And in my case, I don't need a lot of the upgrades that were there because my smoker is in really fantastic shape. Again, going back to that maintenance thing you're talking about because of how I've cared for it all along, I didn't need to spend some of that extra money with some of the upgrades that are now available because I just don't need them. Right. I mean, that goes with everything. Mowers. Right. uh, Anything, rotor tillers. You name it. Your car. I mean, we learned that through our cars. That's working right. On the our better we maintain it, the longer things last. Right. Uh, Steve is up next. Steve, what's going on, sir? Good morning, Captain John. Hey, what's Glad up, sir? Back in the pilot command left seat. Thank you, sir. Uh, on, on the grill issue, um, I kind of cheat a little bit. Every once a year, every other year, take the uh, grates out and the burners out and stick them in a bead blaster and just zing, 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 done in like about five minutes. Yes. And. Cleans them all up. Yeah, when I had my shops and, and had the big uh, dishwasher, I used to stick them in my big dishwasher yeah. as well because it would yeah. heat them up and get everything. I know, everything. that's a I disadvantage cheat, not having that, that now, thing. so I have to no. do it differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, it work? Did it work as well as a bead blaster? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they worked really oh, well. They work really yeah, well. And they're non de- cool. they're, they have a. They're biodegradable. Right, you know, right. So. No, I, it, yeah, but I don't have that anymore. No, so I don't either. I'm back to doing yeah. it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, hand scrubbing it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you need a little bit of... Uh, of careful discretion with a bead blaster on uh, like the igniters and stuff, but man, it does a great job. Yes, it does. No, you're correct. And then on on the critter patrol, um, I had used for several years now a solar powered ultrasonic vole eradicator made yep. by Sweeney, the same people who make the poison sticks. Works great. Yep. And a gentleman was in my men's group last week and he had brought it with him. He found it on Amazon somewhere, but it's the same type for woodpeckers. Oh, I didn't and know that. Solar powered, ultrasonic, and I said, "Wow, that's cool." Because, you know, most people, myself included, I've been patching holes, but that doesn't take care of the problem because they just go to the next part right. of fashion. Right. So, right. I thought it was a very elegant idea, and I think some of your people with woodpecker issues will appreciate it. Those ultrasonic devices, actually, for those of you listening. Uh, you know, you got to buy them for the type of animal you're trying to eradicate because right. each one is right. a little different. But, yeah, Steve, to your point, yeah, they, they actually work extremely well. You just yes. got to move them around after a period of time because then they get to used it. to it. Yeah. Or, yeah. or unplug them for a little bit and then plug them back. I mean, whatever. You, yeah. you, you, to Dennis's point, you got you to change it up. Yeah. I was skeptical, but they work. They I do. imagine those voles do a lot of damage, but I imagine just ran the voles out to somebody else's. You probably did, or, you know, in my case, I've got an empty field next to me, so the voles come in from the field, so all I'm doing is chasing them back into the field. But, no, they work, Steve, very well. I have a tool that you – They do. I have the stuff that you give them that will take care of them. <laughs> um, but you, it's, it looks like a, a, a tea stick that you push in to water your trees. Uh-huh. And it has a tube that goes down and has a little flap door on there, and you put this, the pellets in ah. a container on top. You open that up because they all go through. Nice. And you find their hole. Nice. And I can find their tunnels because sure. you see them oh, yeah. push it out. Oh, yeah. And you push that in there, and you drop those pellets in there, and then they eat them, and then they die right in there. Okay. And that's yeah. how I've gotten rid of them. I, I, had, I lost a whole I row of trees because of, uh, of them. Wow. Yeah, I just kind of got away from the poison sticks, which Sweeney's also makes in addition to the ultrasound, just because of kids and pets and stuff. Right. But, right. boy, I'll tell you, they can do a lot of damage if those Oh, man, they the can. Oh, you betcha they, they can. A, they I lost a cavity. Yeah. You. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, I lost. They will. I lost thirty trees in a row. They're about five foot high. Yeah, they're they're a little and pests. I, I went out there and they were all leaning every which way, and I yeah. went, "What the heck is well, going they on?" They all the roots and everything up. They did. They're, they're hard on they stuff. Are yeah. Bad oh, yeah. news. Yeah, you know, no, you if you have them, you need to get rid of them. Yes. Yes. No. They're destructive little devils. Good Appreciate tip. your show and glad to have you back. Thanks, Steve. Great tip, by the way. Yeah, those electronic devices, folks, as Steve's talking about, you can buy them all of the yeah. Ace Hardware, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever they've got, those devices, Amazon. Just do some research. You don't have to spend a lot of money, by the way. There's another tip on things. You don't have to spend a ton of money to do those. A lot of those devices are very inexpensive. Yeah. For mice and so on, by the way, you can usually buy them in a three-pack. It's pretty inexpensive. They're like 25 bucks for a three-pack. You can put them around the shop, put them around the house, whatever the case may be. But That's move them on around. the mice end, but you got to move them around. you got to move them around. They get used to it. And they, they will. Or, like, that was a good idea, shutting them off for a little bit. Yeah, I just unplug them for a little bit and put and, them back in. Yeah, and then they'll come back, and mm-hmm. then you turn them back on, they go back out. Yeah. I usually just kind of pl- unplug them, leave them by the outlet, and then I'll just plug them back in again after, you know, a couple, couple of weeks, weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, makes just, sense. Just got to change it up some because, yeah. to Dennis's point, they're – they're not that dumb. They will. Critters get used to yeah, habit. Yeah, they'll get used to it. Yeah, the yeah, creatures they, a habit. Yeah. I like the vole idea, though, because voles are bad. They, man, they will tear well, everything see, the, up. The tool that I have, they keep them in the tunnels. So they die that's inside the tunnel. That's a nice, that's a nice way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, they die. They eat that pellets. No, they're not running around no, affecting other things. No. Yeah, because the other thing you don't want to do is kill those voles up on top and then have some of the raptors that are around, hawks yeah. and so on, eat them because then that's a problem. We don't no, want I don't want to kill the other animals. Yeah, we don't want that. No. But that's why I like this tool. Nice. And it's an old-fashioned tool, like almost, you know. One last tip, by the way. I was looking at Nextdoor today. Some folks were asking some questions on Nextdoor about uh, different types of birds that were pecking up on some of the, the wood and the cedar siding and things along those lines. The best way to keep those birds from doing that, either with one of these electronic devices we're talking about, or the thing they're really after is the bugs that are in some of those areas. If you get rid of the bugs, you'll get rid of the birds doing the pecking. Yeah, because so they're just, not not to eat. Just another tip for you there. So. Yeah, or else you could put something else out for them to eat, like peanuts. Move them around. Move it around. Birdhouses. Well, you get them to used that. to it. They'll go to the bird house. They'll That's go right. to that little tray of because right. we did that with peanuts, and then I move the tray further and further and further away. That's right. That way yeah. they're not near you. Yeah. All right, guys, that's Fix It Radio. If you're listening on Tuesday, thank you very much. Rush to Reason will be up next. Otherwise, this is Saturday. Drive Radio is next. We'll get all your car questions answered. The guys from Novas are joining us along with Ken Rackley from Tech. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio is next. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. 